Hi, Josh. Hey, what's going on? Not much. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for joining me tonight. I, I'm I'm excited to talk to you. Let's let's get to it. Great, great. One of the initial questions that I like to ask is, how did you get started in basketball? You know, at what drew you to the sport, and at what age did you did you start playing? So basically, so basically, baseball and football are my first my first sports, mm-hmm. and uh, that was like my first loves. At least I thought it was. And um, I was introduced to basketball later on. What got me interested in basketball was um, my mother used to. My mother used to play basketball. She played uh, up until college, and um, she tore uh, her ACL. So that was the what really ended her career. Mm-hmm. But I, I used to watch her playing little rec leagues that she used to do. You know, just to have fun, and I'm guess just you know do do a little something to stay in shape. Wow. And um, and then I, I, I caught my first uh, NBA game, and uh, I forgot who, who Houston was playing against. Mm-hmm. But um, I got a chance to watch my idol, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, and and I I was really intrigued, and I really started to like um, the sport, you know. So I, I started out just watching it and everything first, and you know played in some some small leagues didn't I, didn't I didn't get any time or anything nothing like that but just played in some small leagues and was still just kind of figuring out what I was doing between football baseball and, and basketball so that was my my start and my introduction uh to the game yeah that's really neat how uh how your mom played a, a role in that that's right, right, right. yeah so moving into high school what was your your high school basketball experience like? I had a I had a good experience. I was a a late bloomer. I actually started playing. I didn't even I didn't play varsity until my tenth grade. So I was on the ninth grade, played ninth grade, and then mm-hmm. uh, they moved me up to JV every now and then. So that was like my start. And then tenth grade is when tenth tenth eleventh and twelfth obviously were my varsity years. So. Mm-hmm. Were there any future NBA players that you either played with or against while you were in high school? Um, Kwame Brown was a teammate of mine, and we oh. played against him. Alex Johnson, trying to think. I mean, Rashad Carew should have been should have been there for sure. You know, yeah. Let's see. Are we talking just high school? Or are we AAU as well? Because I mean, uh, AAU is. Probably either either would be cool. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm interested to hear what uh, your experiences was like at that time of your life. So uh, I I was yeah, not yeah. aware that you had played with Kwame at that time. So that was cool to hear. Yes, I played on three different teams. I I started with the um, team Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, and played with the Georgia Stars. Um, my last two years, I think it was. And then uh, I played, like, with one team out of Tallahassee. I think it was the Wildcats. I played with them for, like, a tournament. Um, but the majority of, like, the people I played against was more so AAU. But as far as, like, from a Atlanta, you know, like a high school circuit, those, those two guys are pretty much the only two pros as far as NBA um, mm-hmm. that I played against that I, that I can remember right now. Yeah. 
That's cool. What led to you choosing North Carolina State for your college career? So um, I was a big, I was like a huge, I'm going to Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. like no matter what. You know, they had Bobby Crimmins and just watching what he was doing with their program and those guys. And, you know, he obviously had a lot of pros in his time as a, as a coach in Georgia Tech. So I was just kind of sold. I was a hometown kid, and you know, that was just kind of my vision. Mm-hmm. And then when they, I think he re, he retired. That's what it was. He retired, and they brought in Paul Hewitt, which is still, I mean, a great dude. Was a really good coach, but I was just unsure at the time, you know. Um, but Paul Hewitt was a good, good, really good guy. He was definitely hot um, on me, and um, you know, it's, you know. Between them and NC State, and I also was heavily considered in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But Georgia got into that situation, so um, Georgia was off my list. Um, the thing that intrigued me about NC State was they had four bigs at the time who were all graduating. So I would have came the year that I was, you know, planning on coming in. There was a huge vacancy at the, mm-hmm. the power forward and center spot. So. Um, that played a heavy, heavy role in where I was deciding on going to school at. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I could see why that would influence your decision. Mm-hmm. Had you gone to Georgia Tech, though, you probably would have been able to play with Chris Bosh, right? Right. And, that, yeah. and you know, that, that, that would have definitely been interesting for sure because, you know, I went, I went undrafted. And, I mean, it, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But at the same time, too, I never, you know, I never questioned the journey that, that God has set forth. So uh, everything happened as it did. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely blessed, brother. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I know you spent a couple years at NC State and then heading into the 2003 draft, you were undrafted. And as I've been researching you, or I guess I, I knew this previously, but I had forgotten about it. You were with the Mavericks for a preseason, the 2003 preseason. Um, mm-hmm. What what events unfolded for you to sign with Dallas at that at that point in your career as an undrafted free agent? Well, first, let me say this: that my decision to I initially wanted to just test the waters, mm-hmm. and uh, some things some things happened at NC State <laughs> that I pretty much was like, you know what? I'm just gonna step out here on faith, and I'm gonna leave. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really my reasoning for going through the whole process. And I and I actually had an amazing summer league with Dallas during, during that during that year. And I forgot who I think I went with was I still yeah, no, I went to Dallas I was with Dallas both both summer leagues. Um so that's that's how we got in on the on the nine guarantee deal. But I mean I had a great preseason, you know what I mean? They just they just decided to uh, move in another direction, but they definitely kept in contact with my agent, and uh, right. you know it just just so happened to work out that I was able to get back with them a year later. So it's it's just crazy how things work, you know. Sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I know you were there for the preseason in two thousand and three, and then you came back in two thousand and five. But between there, I know you you played overseas. So I wanted to ask, like, by the time you came back in two thousand and five. Are you still considered a rookie by your peers, even though you've already played professionally overseas? 
They did because according to them, you got to play a full year um, in order to <laughs> get your <laughs> car revoked. So. Right. Yeah. I just I wanted to know if you were considered like because I know you had had a taste of the NBA in the preseason and also played internationally. So, but I guess you're 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 saying your peers still considered you a a rookie. No, of course, because I mean I was still young though. Yeah. I, mean, I was twenty. I was in what nineteen when I left school, so I was still oh, wow. fairly young. Twenty, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was. I was probably just turned twenty-one, or I was still twenty when I got in the league. So yeah, yeah. So heading into that that season with the Mavs, the uh, the two thousand five two thousand six season, which um, I think will be probably a a main topic of our conversation. Um, what were your initial impressions of of Dallas as? as a city and of the Mavericks as a organization, as you were coming into that, that training camp? I mean, well, first of all, the the city is amazing. I mean, Dallas is definitely somewhere that I would, I would move to, you know, to, to have my family there or whatever, because Mm -hmm. it's it's a family oriented type of place. It's beautiful. Um, It's a lot to do. It's just, it's just real family, family friendly. You know, that's the biggest thing. And it's, you know, it's definitely something for the kids. You know, they got nightlife. They got a lot of, you know, different things that I love about the city of Dallas. Um, the people were amazing. Like, the, the supporters were amazing. The energy was was great. You know, it was just, it was just fun times, man. It was, it was amazing to be there, you know, the time that I was there. And as far as the organization, I'm forever grateful. I mean, they gave me my first my first shot at the NBA. You know, Mark Cuban is an amazing person, amazing owner, you know, very personable, um, um, very professional, ride or die for his team. I mean, just taking care of guys and, you know, for what he did for everyone across the board, you know, from what I saw, it was definitely a family, uh, family friendly environment. So, you know, the way that they made, you know, my family or my friends feel when they came to games, everything, you know, the people, the uh, all the staff and the, the people that worked there. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was just it's always a great feeling. Like, even when I was coming back years and years later, it was just always um, amazing just to be able to walk through those doors and, and see those faces. That's that's a really great answer. I've talked to, you know, a few, some of your former teammates and some other former Mavericks, and I think they all have similar feelings about the city. So that's really nice to hear. In that season, what was the the team's mentality mentality like going into into training camp? Uh, did you guys have the goal of having a very successful season and eventually going to the finals? I think we 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 knew and believed in, in that we had a great team. I don't think that we would that the finals picture came into into the in, anywhere into our minds up until later on. But I mean, we we knew what we had as, as far as a team, and we knew that you know the sky was the limit. Um, it was Avery Johnson's first year, you know, as far as him being a full coach. Yeah, it was um, his first time out. So, um, yeah, and uh, he, um, you know, he he has obviously that championship experience and and that pedigree from the years that he was playing and. Um, the knowledge that he brought, you know, and, and the coaching staff was great. And they were just, they were like a well-oiled machine. I mean, very, very knowledgeable. And, you know, we were very prepared for every game and mm-hmm. just how we went about it, you know, from training camp up until, up until uh, you know, the regular season started. 
and we started off, you know, strong. And and it's like as each game, each every time we played, the confidence, you know, the camaraderie, everything just continued to grow. And the biggest thing I think for us too is we had a few injuries during that season, but it's like we didn't lose a beat no matter who was in, out, or anything. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, the other thing that was, you know, special to be a part of too. Yeah, definitely. I, You know, I'm a lifelong Mavs fan. And that season, I was actually a freshman in college in St. Louis. But I, I, I tried to watch as many games as possible. And I was always, I mean, you guys were on a roll at different times of the season. So it was definitely exciting to watch. And I think it's pretty cool that you got to be a part of that. And I, I tried to keep up with it as much as I could, um, not being in Dallas at that time. Right, right. Yeah. So before uh, we talk about the 2006 playoffs, I wanted to ask you a quick question. As I was doing some some research on you, I found like I'm guessing it was like a in arena video or something, and it was you, Dirk, and uh, Jason Terry in like a car in a garage, and Dirk was playing some pump up music, and you were dancing in the back seat. Do you remember oh, that? Oh man, uh, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how did that how did that video come about? Um, I forgot what the, the video was for, but I, you know, Dallas is one of those places that they have all the entertainment for the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the supporters during the games, like all the stuff that they do from the dancers, the math maniacs, <laughs> all of the commercials that played during halftime. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, it's a well-oiled machine, like how they do it. And they were always coming up with crazy you know, ideas and stuff to do. And, you know, they, they had I, – I obviously love dancing and just doing what I do. <laughs> and whenever whenever they put that together, they was just like, you know, Josh, we know you love to dance. You don't really have to say too much. You know, just be back there and just, you know, give us some energy and let's make it happen. So I was like, cool. Yeah, because that's pretty much all you did. Uh, you know, they, they uh, Dirk and Jet kind of were doing the talking, but you were just in the back dancing, so I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you guys finished the uh, the 2006 regular season. You know, just finished it re- really well. You had 60 wins, which is one of the best Maverick seasons in history. Um, mm-hmm. And then you head into the playoffs and pretty much easily dispatched the uh, the Grizzlies. They put up a, a bit of a fight, a little bit, but for the most part, you guys did what you needed to do and swept them in four games. The second round series though was obviously really memorable one of the most entertaining series of all time, in my opinion, against the Spurs. What do you remember most about that series from, from your perspective as a, as a, a rookie on that, that Western Conference champion team? Well, for one, I think for us, that was like our, our finals series because we knew how good the Spurs were. And we knew I, – I think – we, um, they kind of, they not kind of, but I think they got the best of us during the regular season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember, you know, what it was out of the four games that we played them. Um, but I, 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 I know you know guys that. got, got a, a late season win in San Antonio. That was a big win. I remember that, but I think, I think they might've won. I three think they won of, three. Yeah. yeah. I think they won three out of four. So, yeah. um, we knew that we, you know, if we, if we could, if we could beat them, considering who the next opponent would be mm-hmm. um, for the finals, and plus paying attention to what was going on in the Eastern Conference Finals, 
we do we we just felt like that was our final series right there. Yeah, and that would show that would show what we were what we were made of as a, as a team uh, during that series. Also, that was like a breakout series, like for Dirt. And I know Dev, you know Devin had a great series. Yes, like, he did. It was just you know was, that that was an amazing thing to be a part of. Absolutely, it was it was back and forth, and I mean several of the games could have gone either way. I know. See, game three. Mavs won by one point. Game four, you guys won by five in overtime. Game six, you lost by one – or game five, you lost by one point. Game six, you lost by five points. And then, obviously, game seven was just, like, an epic game where uh, the Mavs jumped out to a big lead. San Antonio came roaring back. And now, I know you weren't able to play in that game, but can you describe what the feeling was, like, on the bench when uh, Manu Ginobili hit that three with less than a minute left to put the Spurs up by three? I mean, you you want to say, you know, it's for, for people to get nervous, man, but I, for me personally, I was looking at the fact that we still had time on the clock, looking at the fact that we still – I mean, we got a player like Dirk Nowinski. We got – I mean, we got guys that we know that we're capable. I mean, at at that point, it's just really us believing because we don't have anything to lose. You know, we weren't expected to be doing what we what we were doing during mm-hmm. that series. And two, we're not at home; we're on the road, so right. people counted us out. And you know, we didn't have anything to lose, but because of the way that we played and the fact that we kept our composure, it was huge. I mean that that's that's one reason why bets are so important in a situation because you got you know guys like Dirt, Jerry Stackhouse, Jason Terry. Mm-hmm. I mean we we just had really you know good bets and people with you know such a calmness about themselves that we weren't we were only focused on us and what we. Were doing. Yeah, that that was definitely a memorable series. And thanks for going into into detail about the the veterans' influence on the team. I thought that was that was really cool. So yeah, you guys win Game Seven in overtime, and then you move on to Phoenix. And Phoenix was you know really a good team that year. Also, even though they didn't have Amari, you know they were still very challenging. What do you remember most from from that series in in the Western Conference Finals? I mean, first of all, those years of Nash and the matrix and stat, like all of those guys. Yeah. Like you can never count them out because of how explosive they are. Absolutely. You know, I remember when we, when we knew we were going to play them, like how much transition defensive drills that we did, like Avery just <laughs> pounded it in our heads because, you know, they're putting up shots in seven seconds or less. Like that's, that's their thing. Yeah. I, yeah, and, I, I read um, that book you know, called Seven you, Seconds or Less. That was, that was really interesting. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta have your mind right. You gotta, you know, have your principles. You gotta be on high alert because, you know, with a with a Hall of Famer like Nash, he's finding people and he's breaking the defense down. I mean, you just gotta be ready for that. So, you know, for us, I think we felt we had a better team, but at the same time, too, we knew how scary that that team was. And we just had to make sure that we stopped their strengths and what they were doing. Absolutely. So Steve Nash was, you know, more than – he was, I guess, two years removed from, from being a Maverick. And the Suns had beaten the Mavericks in the playoffs the year before in 2005. Uh, was there any sense of, you know, we got to get 
Steve back for, for last year, or we gotta we gotta unite and beat him um, for Dirk's sake, so so he didn't lose to Nash two years in a row. Was there any sort of uh, talk like that in the locker room? I uh, I don't remember. I I couldn't remember that talk, but I mean, I'm sure that there was a bit of that in the air, right? You know, as competitors. So. Yeah. So heading into the finals uh, against against Miami, did you guys think it was there was any possibility that you would be playing Detroit, or was it, or were you pretty confident you guys were going to be playing Miami? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I guess at, at first, before the series started, we felt like we were going to play Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching that thing unfold, man, it was like, oh. But then at the same time, too, it's like we wanted that because we felt like we know we have a, you know, a better team because you know, in, in playoffs. It's all about a little bit of everything, you mm-hmm. know, the right matchups, getting the right team at the right time. It's also about a little bit of luck. I mean, it's just all of those things have to, to go your way, you know, in order for, you know, you to be able to win. And and when we knew that we were playing, it was like, man, we're going to get this done. Like, there's no way we're not going to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so obviously you guys in that series jump out to a 2-0 series lead, wins both games in Dallas pretty pretty convincingly. A strong, right, because those were two blowouts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you, I mean, you guys won comfortably. The first game, you won by 10 points, and it probably wasn't even that close. It, like, the score doesn't indicate really how much you guys controlled that game. Game two, you win by 14 points, and then obviously you have control – of the series in game three in the fourth quarter. And somehow things just kind of spiraled out of control for, for the Mavericks. What do you think happened I think, there? I think there? I think there was a mysterious phone call made. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> hey, that, that's fair. It's, you know, it's um, no reason. And it's funny because remember how controversial last year's finals was and then D-Wade put out an Instagram post and he was like, this reminds me of the 2006 finals, you know, like, honestly, bro, we're up 15, I believe with three minutes and like 15 seconds, 17 seconds. I don't even remember. Something like that. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. We could have shot clock violation. We could have did, I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's just really time to score and just managing the clock. It was, I mean, I'm not going – I ain't no hater. I'm not going to take away nothing from, you know, Miami and what they did. That was interesting to be a part of that, you know. I yeah. mean, D-Wade killed us, you know what I mean? But he, if I'm not mistaken, he averaged 24 free throws the next four games when they won the four-game straight. Yes, he did. Um, he averaged something like – my mind ain't too bad. So, I, I know it was in high tw- – like the low tw- 20-something free throws a game. That's still crazy. Absolutely. So, I actually had one of these conversations that we're having right now with uh, former NBA referee Tim Donaghy a few weeks ago. And he was very he, – he didn't ref any of the games in the 2006 finals, but – he he seemed very confident that there was um, shady things going on behind the scenes. So, I, and as a Mavs fan, just from watching that series, I remember 
I remember seeing those things that, that you're talking about, and it, it was really uh, confusing and frustrating. And even with all that going on, though, I mean, you guys still put up a pretty good fight. You know, the games were still close, and you know, had had they been officiated a little more evenly, I think I think you have three rings instead of two. There's no reason why. <laughs> There's no reason why we didn't have shouldn't have had uh, three rings, right? I mean, like, be, like I said, being a part of that. I mean, that that was. I don't want to be the person that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to be that person. But yeah, I know what you mean. I do know. I've I've been. I mean, I got nine years of in the NBA. I got you know six overseas i've been a part of so much stuff i've seen a lot i've i've seen a fish i've seen a lot you know what i mean and mm-hmm. literally like the ring is on our finger like close that game it's a wrap mm-hmm. and it's like how 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 it was just literally just it felt like it was just being taken away from us because i look at it like this remember there were i don't know if you remember this but there were reports of Supposedly, Mark Cuban was already starting to plan the parade. Yes, I remember uh, that. He was very outspoken in the media at that time. And some people say that he was getting ahead of himself and that some people didn't like that. And he was, hum- I mean, everybody was humbled real quick. Because if you notice when they played, when they got the repeat and they played against Miami, he didn't say nothing. I don't know if you remember that, but he like, – I do remember that. He, yeah. <laughs> he stayed out of the way. Yes, he did. So that's that's all I'm going to say without really that's- really saying what I – like that is the best political answer that I could give. Yeah. That that, 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 was, just a, that was just an interesting situation. Yes, uh, it definitely was, and I, I think – I, I understand what you're saying by, by not saying it. So <laughs> Right. Like that, yeah. I don't I don't understand how like there's no way possible for us to lose that and it and it happens. Yeah. It happens. You know what I mean? But uh like what like a real like he's like family to me, so salute to Udonis. Yes. You know, that yeah. was his first ring. He actually he played amazing in game six. I mean he had a great series, but game Five game six, he had double doubles, I believe, and he killed us. Yeah, he played well. Yes, so yeah. salute to salute to him. But oh my god, there's <laughs> no reason why we shouldn't have won the first championship. Right that year. Yeah, it definitely was unfortunate. So moving on, you uh, after that season, you were traded to Indiana. And briefly played under current Mavs coach Rick Carlisle, but then you were you traded to Golden State, and now you're on the other end of a very <laughs> infamous moment in Mavericks history, playing for the 2007 Warriors. And it's funny I remember when that season was winding down, and it's looking like it's looking like the Mavs might play the Warriors. And as a lifelong Mavs fan, I I didn't want that to happen at all because in in that regular season and maybe even the parts of the two regular seasons before that, the Warriors just flat out had the Mavs number. I mean, you can go back and look at the the games. They won most of the games. Some of them they won rather easily. 
Um, they, you know, they definitely presented matchup problems. What, what was the Warriors, your, your Warriors team's mentality like as you're an eight seed going up against this behemoth of a Mavs team that won 67 regular season games? But I think if anyone was paying attention, they really shouldn't have been surprised that you guys beat the Mavs so easily. Well, well first of all, um, being a part of that team was, was special for many reasons because mm-hmm. when we were traded there, we were like 11th, I think. Mm-hmm. And we we finished the seed like we finished on like a we won twenty something games out of like we basically were like twenty four and four it was something crazy like that we had some type of crazy end of the regular season win streak that got us into the eighth eighth spot plus somebody lost that helped too yeah. I can't remember who it was but it was so many things that went our way and. The first time we played the Mavs, I can't remember if it was in Dallas or if it was in Oakland, but when they had everybody, I think we we beat them by 15 or something like that. Like, we had control of the game the whole time against when they had everybody. Mm-hmm. I felt that where Avery made a mistake was because when he didn't – like, that last game of the season, you know how a lot of people rest guys? Yes. But when he rested them and we waxed them by 40, I think it was. It was like 30 or 40. It was something ridiculous. It was, it was like, ugly. Yeah, it was a big win, big lead. And, and to know that we to – to, for us to win that big going into a playoff series, I, I thought that that, that was, that was a, a mistake on their behalf by doing that because we already were a hot team. Our confidence was already – I mean, because we didn't care. Like, the mm-hmm. way – you know, the small ball thing and all of that. Like, we didn't we didn't care. And then, you know, the group of guys that we had, like, they were ready for whatever. Like, we just – and the other thing, too, is I think we would have been even scarier, but we ran out of gas because of how we played at the end of the season and then going into the playoffs. You know, he only played, what, seven people, I think it was, but we ran out of gas. That was all that was. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we could have beat Utah and had a chance to play in the Western Conference Finals. We just ran out. Of, we just ran out of gas. Yeah, that that makes sense for sure. Yeah, I was surprised that that, that Utah series yeah, went the way it did. Yeah, so that that's what I feel like. You know, just led us into to feeling how we felt about the whole thing. But we. I mean, we we just had this chip on our shoulder, and, and I remember us. We had like a we met at Jay Rich's house, had like a dinner, and as a team, and you know, it was just connecting and vibing. And we were just like, man, we finna shock the world. Don't nobody, you know, believe in, in us. And I think Stephen Jackson and Barron did an interview, or was it Jay Rich and Stephen? Jack- I can't remember, mm-hmm. but they did a, a, a interview on ESPN, I believe it was. And they were just like, basically, like, this is our mindset. And sure show, show enough, you know, starting on the road, I mean, we came out strong. And, like, it was just – that was just what it was. Absolutely, yeah. That was – it was hard to watch, but, you know, I, I had watched so many games and been following them for so many years, you know. I really wasn't surprised how it turned out. I mean, you guys just flat out had the Mavs number. So – as much as it hurt, it was still actually kind of entertaining, if that makes sense. Because it, it was, right. you know, there's rarely, I don't think there's that many upsets in the NBA playoffs, and there's rarely any 
of that magnitude. So that was that was pretty cool to watch, even though I was still disappointed at the same time. Right. So then I know after your Golden State stint, you spent the next three years of your career in Los Angeles, and you were, you were with the Clippers for one year. But then you were able to win two years with, or win two rings with the Lakers, which is obviously I'm the highlight of your career, I would assume, right? Um, it's definitely it's definitely up there. Yeah, it's definitely up there. I mean, to me, just coming from where I, I came from and my whole story. I mean, winning the championships was a bonus. I think that what I got. And a lot of the years of just being in the league and just being able to play, period, was just how much you learn, how much you grow as a man. I think those things are way more valuable than, than anything else. I mean, you know, they can never take away, you know, they always say, well, they can't take away, like, you're always going to be a champion, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the the thing that I love and value the most is are the things that I learned growing up not only on the court, but more, most importantly, off the court. I think it's cool how your experiences have kind of, you know, molded you into the person you are today. So that, that's really neat. Um, since this is a Mavericks-focused podcast, I did want to ask you one question in comparison with your, uh, your stint with the Lakers. If you only needed a power forward to win one game for you, are you going with 2010 Pau Gasol or 2006 Dirk Nowitzki? Just, you just need one win. Who, who would you pick? Wow. I mean, I think you. I think you got. I think you got to go with Dirk. I think he'll, he's 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 the all-time best international player ever. Yeah, I I agree with that. And uh, you know, Powell was playing at an unbelievable level, but um, I do think I think you got to go with Dirk in that stance. So I was just curious what your thoughts on it. You definitely, you definitely got to go with Dirk. And I think I mean Dirk got a. MVP, you know, I don't think Powell's ever as good as greatest greatest player as Powell is. I don't think Powell's got a, a MVP or yeah, anything yeah, like did. that. But I mean, nah, yeah. Dirk was. I mean, look at what Dirk came back and did when they did win their first ring. When he did win his first ring, yeah, like he just he flat out took over the whole playoffs. Like he really unbelievable did. how he played. So yeah. I think I th- I think I would have to to go with uh with Dirk. Right. I mean oh, yeah. for just I mean he was just amazing. You know, he's, and it's crazy cuz he's not the best defender but at the same time I mean he still gets you 10 boards. You know, he'll he'll still make some things happen out there. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that answer. You're still technically an an active player, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so what is your season currently over right now? No, I had a torn ligament. I had surgery a month ago on my my left oh. my left thumb. Oh, wow. So what are your plans going forward once uh once you fully hear, uh, heal from your your surgery? I'm a, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna get back out there, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've been working out. Yeah. Pretty much every day. I mean, I haven't stopped doing that. There's no excuses for me. So, well, uh, where are you going to be playing? I don't. I don't know yet. Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going back to. I was in Korea. I'm not going back to Korea. So. Yeah. If uh, depending on what happens, uh, if I don't go overseas, then I'll probably do G League. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Cool. And then see see you know if there's a, a chance to get back in and 
or if not, you know, yeah. So I just had one more question for you. And this is something I've kind of been doing the last few conversations I've had asked Marquise Daniels, the same question that I'm about to ask you. Um, but yours is, your, yours is for the one season that, that you played in Dallas. I wanted to see if you can name all of the regular season Mavericks teammates you had during your one year in Dallas, just the regular season, not, not training. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Dampier, Jop, Mbanga, Howard, Stackhouse, Harris, Keith and Horn, yep. Adrian, yep. Wall Marshall. Yeah. Uh, it's like I know everybody. I'm just – I feel like I'm drawing a blank on somebody, though, because I was there twice, so I'm trying to – Yeah. <laughs> um – being a wall with the rookies. Oh, um, Daryl Armstrong. How could I forget yep. about him? Keezy. Yep. Uh, there you go. Let's see, I already said Keezy. Uh, nope, I didn't say Keezy. You got him now. Okay. Right. Um, who am I forgetting? So got, I feel like it's one person that I'm forgetting. You got four people that you haven't named yet. From four people I haven't. I named Keith Van Horn. Uh, uh, two pretty obvious uh, ones, and then Eric, two. Uh, Eric, Sam Pierre, yeah. Jerry Stackhouse, Jason Terry, Dare, Devin Harris. Okay. Uh, so I you got three I, more now. I thought I named because I was I started with the last names first. I thought I well let me see who else am I? I think just three more, unless I missed one of them. There's two that you definitely have not named, but. And I know him too, and I'm gonna kick myself <laughs> if I don't. Uh, okay, yeah, I think I think that was the first time you said Dirk. So now you just have two more. Really? I I I thought it was the obvious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I didn't mention Dirk. Jeez. Same on me. Uh, and then that would be one more, right? No, you still got still got two more. Um, one guy was only there at the very beginning of the season, and then he left. And then another guy who who didn't really play very much, but he technically was there. Are you talking about? Um, they gave him the fifty million dollar contract. No, no, no one, not a fifty million guy. No, just. And, yeah, I uh, thought it was the the the, the guy that who was French, right? Uh, I think he's from Russia, maybe, and not French. Uh, you talking about Pablo? You know, yeah, Pablo, Pablo wasn't on that team, was he? Pa- yeah, uh, Pavel, yeah, or Pavel, yeah, he was there, and then I he. Thought he was on the. See, that's my bad because I thought he was on now because that was Sean Bradley. I'm tripping. Yeah, so now just one more, and he was only there that's, that's... like. Five or six games, maybe maybe seven or something. But he was there less than ten games. Is it yo? Is it yo? Is it Johan? No. No, it's not Johan. Uh, five games. Jeez, that's unfair. <laughs> five games. It might have been a little uh, bit more than that, but he wasn't there very long. Um, okay. I remember is he was there seven games. Seven games early in the season. I'm definitely drawing a blank. 
No, uh, Doug Christie. Damn show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how so that, could I even like? Because that like, <laughs> I'm tripping for real. <laughs> for real tripping. I'll never forget. Yeah, I was just, I was doing the laundry one morning. I had to be super early, man. And she was on the LS show, right? That's crazy. I couldn't. I could not forget that. Yeah. I thought Doug was at law. No, didn't he? Re- did he retire? Was that he, what it was? Yeah, he had like a chronic ankle injury, so he. I guess he was like released from the team, but then he came back and played the next season for the Clippers for like a very short amount of time. But then he retired after that. So I mean, he played seven seasons with the or seven games with the Mavs, and then the following season he played seven games with the Clippers, and that was it. So his last two years he only played fourteen games. So he was pretty much you know he he was done at that time. But yeah, that's just like that's a a, a fun question I've been asking some of the guys. So I wanted to see how you did, and I mean, you did pretty well. Um, considering that, you know, he was only there for such a short amount of time, but you got almost everybody else. That was the only one I was there. And I forgot about Big. So, Pavel, did they keep – did they – what happened to him? I forgot. Because uh, he was like D-League. Yeah, I think And then he came up, and then D-League came up, and then – I don't know. Because I know he wasn't traveling with us when we was in the finals. Yeah, I don't – I remember seeing him on the bench in the finals, at least for the games in Dallas. Was he? Maybe not. Maybe he didn't go he to Miami. Right. Maybe he didn't travel to okay. Miami. But um, okay. So I just I looked it up. In August of 2006, he was waived by the Mavericks, and he he never came to the NBA again. So he was only briefly there. But yeah, so he did spend a lot of time with the D League though during that that season. That's yeah, that's what's throwing me off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much, Josh. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me tonight, and I'll send you a link once this is uh, uh, ready to to go online. No problem, man. I appreciate you, man. I hope uh, hope everything went well. It did. It was I fun. I'm humble, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been I've been enjoying this process, and uh, thank you for being a part of it. And uh, hope you have, hope you have a good night. Thank you, brother. You too.